Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 300 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. Woohoo! Party! It's a party day. We are really celebrating today, episode 300. So we're so happy you've joined us. Today's going to be just a wild ride. I have planned it all, and Megan, you are showing up for the fun. It's like showing up for a party you don't really know much about. I feel like I'm showing up for a party. I don't even know whose it is. <laughs> it's yours. Yeah, Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. I'm excited about this because, you know, I like to fly by the seat of my pants and it was kind of fun this week to just be in the dark about what's happening and just, you know, show up in my seat. So I'm looking yeah. forward. Here we are. So we are celebrating 300 episodes today and we're going to do that through um, some fun little quiz questions, kind of like a quiz you might take in a magazine. So Megan, I'm going to make you take some quiz questions and our listeners can play along And then we're also just going to share some of our little behind the scenes thoughts and some thoughts and reflections on 300 episodes. So it's a big grab bag, but we're going to have a lot of fun. I'm looking forward. Okay, so I'm going to set the stage for any newer listeners um, and just briefly tell our origin story. And then I want you to add to it because you really are you like are the origin story, but I'm going to set the stage here. So you had gotten into podcasting as early as 2012, like before anybody out there. Um, But this show launched in 2015. So I would say late in 2014, you and I were working together on the Happiest Home blog, which had been your blog. And I came on as an editor. So we'd been working together for a couple of years. And you started to get serious about really doing podcasting. And you had this vision of a little network that included different shows with different hosts, all under kind of the same umbrella. And my memory is just that you asked me like, hey, would you want to start a mom podcast? And I was like, sure. And it just was like, it wasn't a big, it wasn't like a big decision because we were already working together a lot or we were in each other's daily lives. Um, I had been a guest on your kitchen hour podcast a couple of times. So we had tried it. 
Um, and then that was, yeah, we started it in March, 2015. So coming up on six years and, and then, you know, the rest is history as they say, but is there anything else that you remember about that kind of origin story or even leading up to episode one? So I actually was, I believe on the happiest home, um, poking around looking for something not too long ago. Cause it, it's still there. All the archives are there, but we just haven't, you know, updated it and like going on six years now. And, and maybe, oh, actually, I think we kept the blog and the podcast alongside of each other mm-hmm. for a while, but not very long. By the end of 2015, we were, we put it to bed. Um, and I found several episodes of the, well, it had become the home hour. So the kitchen hours was my very first podcast. And eventually I rebranded it the home hour so that I could talk about more stuff than food. And you were on there more than I remembered. Like I was surprised. And I, I don't remember now how I found the episodes that you were in, but I think it was because I must've been searching for something. And okay. I think that's where it came up. And I was like, oh, wow. I had forgotten like how many times you and I had already been on the mic together. So I had forgotten that it wasn't our first, like it wasn't even really, I don't think our third rodeo. I think we'd done it a few times. And those always felt like the most natural and fun episodes for me. They're just really easy and we work really well together. And um, even though I don't think we were big into planning at the time yet, um, they just always felt a little more organized. So yeah, so that's my memory of it. But otherwise, it's just like you describe. I already had, like, I wanted to have this little network and I just was like, hey, want to do this? And you said, yes. Yeah. I wish I could. I think it was an email address that's no longer operational, like my old work email address with you. But I, I so wish I could like have a screenshot of whatever conversation that was where you were like, hey, you want to start a mom podcast? I was like, sure. I bet it was in I bet you it was in Google Hangouts. Oh, it but, probably was. And that also doesn't exist. Um, I mean, it, oh, it exists for me. Like I could search it. I could okay. find like I could go through our old conversations and try to find and try to find it because I bet it was truly like one of those. I've got a crazy idea moments. Yeah. And you're like, okay, whatever. Okay. No, I remember, be, I remember being game. Um, so I also wanted to see if either of us have any specific memories of recording episode one. And now I'm actually talking about the very first episode, which the title is mom meltdowns. Oh no. And it is about <laughs> those times when you like lose your mind or lose your, you know what, your marbles with your kids, which is so funny. Cause every once in a while, someone will email us and be like, have you guys ever done an episode about when you just lose it with your kids. And we get to be like, not only have we done an episode, (laughs) it was the genesis of our archives. So I can go first on this one. I I have such a bad memory for so many things. And then I get other, other things that just stick in my memory. So a couple of things come to mind. I have in my adult life had recurring lower back problems. They're actually really good right now. Like my back hardly flares up anymore. But in the days when I was pregnant and had babies and toddlers, because of the way I was always having a baby on my hip and bending over while holding a baby, uh, my back would go out is the wrong word, but it would flare up quite a bit. And sitting for long periods of time was really bad for my back. So I actually recorded episode one and most of our (laughs) early episodes lying on my stomach on the floor of my family room (laughs) on the carpet with my laptop in front of me. I used to work that way all the time. I used to work lying on the floor. It's so funny. The way I sit in bed now, how we both work from bed, I would not have been able to do. The reason I can do it now is my core is stronger and I'm not, my lifestyle isn't as bad for my back as it was then. But, um, so I, I would lie on my floor. I had my laptop in front of me. I had this dinky little mic that your 
ex-husband John had told me to get, or maybe I didn't even have a mic. I think I didn't have a mic yet for her episode one. No, I believe you're right. I think you were just talking into your computer, which at the time was just like so normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so cute how brand new podcasters now get like full setups, like full pop filter, windscreen, like mic stands. And this was just in a time where there wasn't a lot of pressure on us to have excellent sound. Um, And my only other... I have no memory. I think we exchanged emails about the content, but I have no memory of any kind of an outline. Like, I don't think we went in knowing what we were going to say. Um, I well, as I recall, we brought a sponsor on for the first episode that was also a sponsor of the yep. blog. Yep. And I so I think there was some talk, maybe I, I just I don't really remember that either, but we didn't really outline stuff back then. No. Like that wasn't really and part I of our should- workflow. I shouldn't say we as if it was we, because really it was it was your podcast where I was your co-host, especially in the beginning, because you had had the you knew about podcasting. You had all the tech on your end. Um, Your your then husband was helping you with some of the tech set up and you had the sponsor relationship. So I, um, you know, it was a while before we had like a shared Google Doc and stuff. But I still I think it's so lovely that we didn't know to be intimidated. Like we were just like, sure. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I love it. Yeah. So my memory of this, so this would have been before, um, before I did, uh, podcasting in bed, which I have done most <laughs> of the last three years, I would say possibly a little longer. So my, my stance for podcasting now is in my bed with my mic tucked into my bra because it makes it so that I can gesticulate. I talk with my hands I can do that without rustling around. I don't have to have um, the sound is always great in here and I'm comfortable in here and I don't want to have a boom mic like attached to my bed or my um, nightstand. I just feel like that would be a little weird. So it's just nice to have it all kind of and I also like being able to put it all away at the end. I don't want to yeah. have like remnants of my podcast life like cluttering up my bedroom. I so agree. yeah. Yeah. So, but at that time I was podcasting into this like big old Mac that was um, the house we lived in the master bedroom, like had like a regular bed area. And then this little weird kind of, it wasn't like a separate office room, but it was almost like the entry to the bedroom was its own little space. And my desk was over there. And I did a lot of that desk. Like at the time I was doing a lot of Google, um, Google live chats and stuff like that. Like that was very big. What was that? Google plus. I was doing a lot of that. Oh my gosh. And oh I know, did you, did you even remember that was a thing? Like everyone suddenly yeah. tried to get into Google plus then Google just pulled the plug on it. Um, but I had like a whole setup in that room. So I did at the time have a boom mic and a mic. So my ex had set up the, um, all the software and it was not as simple back then. So like now you can, you know, we just, we record from clean feed into like into a file that is then downloaded onto our computers. At the time we were using Skype Yep. and there had to be like a piece of software to connect Skype to I guess like the downloaded file. I don't exactly remember. GarageBand, wasn't it Skype? GarageBand, yes. Oh my gosh. So somehow we had to be able to get the file out of Skype. But the problem was that it didn't record automatically. Like that was the piece that had to happen. So we had to have something that recorded it and then we had to be able to open it in GarageBand. So there was all this like settings that had to happen. And do you remember how often (laughs) we would get on and like it just wouldn't be recording and I'd have to call John in or like call him on the phone. And it was just so clunky. So I don't even really remember how long it took us to start, you know, changing that, but it it was a while. It was a while that we had sort of just like this rigged up system. And I remember sitting 
So I was sitting at the time at this desk. That's all I remember about it is just sitting at that desk recording with you. And for that whole first year, there was lots of frustration and, and I would dread it. I remember like, I really loved having podcasted, but always like the process of getting on the mic yeah. and wondering what was going to go wrong was a big bummer. Well, it's still to this day when we have tech frustration, it is still one of the biggest bummers because the talking is fun and right. like having made the podcast is fun, but tech troubles are, yeah, they're not fun. Um, okay. I love hearing that. And I'm laughing just because it was such a different time in podcasting. And I know we have listeners now who are podcasters and who have started shows in the last couple of years. So I don't want to be like, you don't know how good you have it, but kind of, you don't know how good you have it <laughs> right, like yes. in terms of the tech. Uh, so that's so funny. So that brings me to our first, um, quiz question where I'm going to give you a multiple choice and listeners, you can play along. So are you ready, Megan? I, I think I'm ready. Yes. Okay. So before we go to break, this first question actually just takes us back to early 2015 and what the podcast landscape was like, because you did a lot of, you knew a lot about podcasting um, compared to regular people at that time. So I'm going to read you four headlines that were uh, around in, in, you know, in the media at that time. And one of them is fake. Okay. So okay. which of these four headlines was not a news headline in early 2015? Here's the first one. Five podcasts that will get you hooked on digital audio content from Entrepreneur Magazine. Number two, Apple announces built-in podcast app for iOS 8.0 from TechCrunch. Number three, everything you wanted to know about, uh, sorry, everything you ever wanted to know about listening to podcasts from Forbes. And then number four, after Serial, sponsors pour money into podcasts from the Boston Globe. And that's obviously Serial with an S, like the podcast mega hit. Okay. Uh, so Serial, I believe, was 2014. So I'm going to eliminate that one because I have a feeling that that article came, would have come out sometime in 2015. Um, I feel like just, iOS this is 2015, by the way, we are. Right, these so are that early, one, okay. So I'm eliminating that yeah. as an option is what I'm saying. Got it. I'm, okay. I'm pretty sure Got that it. came out in 2015. Um, a, I feel like iOS 8.0 came out later than 2015, but I'm terrible about that stuff. I'm just going to go with that one. Uh, it's no, but then no, hold on a second. The built-in podcast app thing. That was already a thing in 2015 or was it? I'm going to go with that one. Apple announces built-in podcast app for iOS 8.0, but I feel like I'm you, wrong. You are correct. <gasps> you I? got it right. And I really tried to, you know, write a tricky, a tricky question there. Well, the other two could be anytime, like five podcasts that will get you hooked. Like that could be yeah. this year or 2014, right? So the, right. the, the two giveaways were Serial and iOS 8.0. And you know that I'm terrible with like keeping up to date on that stuff. But for some reason, I just feel like my last iPhone was on 8.0. Okay. And I just felt like that was so, later. So or was that so earlier? So I think the the podcast app was already built in. That's how I made that one fake. So there mm. were some headlines in early 2015 about how when Apple had built the podcast app, made it built it into iOS, that had led to the growth of podcasts, but that had already happened. So by me so changing article, it to like So it wasn't even a real article uh headline. I was no, thinking it was a real I headline from a different year. Mm -mm. No, I made it up. <laughs> You're tricky. Um, and then, yeah, Serial was Serial got popular in late 2014, but that is a current headline. So, yes, like that they were saying, like, I just thought it was funny. Sponsors pour money into podcasts. I think that's I don't know. I feel like, yeah, that maybe it's a little clickbaity. I'm not sure how yeah. much money was 
pouring into podcasts, not not small ones anyway. In the but big I ones, do I, guess. Re- I do remember feeling like like cereal had changed everything for podcasts, and it yep. just it makes me laugh though looking back at really how far we still had to go before mm-hmm. it was truly like an advertiser supported model for most people. So yep, oh, so that was a fun little warm up. That was a warm up. Okay, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, um, we'll go more into a little quiz about our own archives. So. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes, and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. Okay. So listeners, you can all play along with this quiz um, and these quiz questions. But first, I think it's kind of funny, Megan, how we even landed on this whole concept of episode 300 um, because we number our Tuesday episodes and Tuesday has always been our weekly show. But as you all listening know, we do more than mom episodes on every other Sunday. Those are not numbered. They never have been. We do voices episodes on the first Friday of the month, and those are numbered in their own sequence. So like we just had voices 57, I think, or something like that. So just kind of I'm kind of laughing because it's all arbitrary in the end. And the 300 Tuesday, we've had 300 Tuesdays, but we actually have more episodes than that. Well, and and I think it's also funny how much we agonized over that decision, whether to number voices, which came before more than moms 
mm-hmm. um, and whether to number more than moms. Now, at the beginning, more than moms were not sponsored initially. And we kind of did that on purpose. So it was sort of purposeful that we both had them not sponsored because we didn't want to feel obligated to keep doing them if we didn't like it or if we felt like it was too much or if no one listened. We just weren't really sure yeah. how it would land. And I think we thought they'd be short. And then oh, those we are the did. ones. Oh, yeah. And we remember, like, those are the ones short. we think like go longer than ever because they're so fun and there's always so much to say. So, um, it was very arbitrary. And now looking back, I kind of laugh because really we just kind of made it a little more confusing to ourselves to not, but I do like that you can very clearly tell which ones are Tuesday episodes and which ones aren't. And I think that was our plan. And that just goes to show you, you never can solve for every variable. And it is convenient. Sometimes listeners will say, like, I was just listening to episode 286 about da da da. It is, it's nice to have a shorthand to refer to something and just on the technical side, like to find an episode and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of silly that some are, some are numbered and some are not. Um, so my first question for you, and you can just take a wild guess, there's no multiple choice here, but how many actual episodes do you think we have? Not 300, but including all the more than moms, all the bonuses, all the specials, everything. Have we been doing more than moms since 2018? So I have a question about that later. I'm not going to answer it now. You'll you'll just have to work through this on your own. Okay. So I would just take a wild guess. I wouldn't try and logic this one out. So I'm going to say 472. My gosh, you are like nailing this already. It's 466. That's really close. Okay. I promise you, I did not research this. I did not do the math ahead of time. (laughs) And I did not even look at the out. Line. So I didn't know you were going to ask me this. So I, yeah. I don't, it just makes sense because if we had 300 regulars and then like, you know, about 170 just seemed like the right number. I don't think I would have. I thought it was closer to 500. Um, I don't know why. So I think if I had done a wild guess, I would have been more wrong. Um, and lucky for all of us, I took the time to do a little math, Megan, about how long it would take someone to binge listen our entire archives, 466 episodes. I'm guessing it's a while, (laughs) (laughs) depending on your level of commitment. So this part is not a quiz. Thankfully, I did not want to do complicated math today. No, it took a calculator. It did. Okay. (laughs) So if you're a brand new listener and you wanted to binge our archives, and let's say you wanted to listen to two episodes per day with the weekends off, like five days a week, couple episodes of a day, that would take you 46.6 weeks. So basically a year, like a year if you took some vacation. I, well, okay, so this is dropping like in late February. I think you could have this done by the end of the year, right? Yeah, totally. That's I think it's so, a good goal for 2021. Personally. That's that's for your moderate new fans who want to be <laughs> okay. who want to binge us at a at a moderate pace. If you thought you could do five episodes per day with weekends off, so maybe I'm thinking either someone with a really crazy long commute or someone with like a new baby where they're just pacing the house and like no other kids. I don't know. Five episodes per day with weekends off would take you 18 weeks. So really, you could okay. do that like, you know, in the second half yeah. of a pregnancy. Yeah, that's like training. Like that's like yeah. training for something, you know? Yeah, I like that. OK, OK. All right. Is if there you... a more intense version that you've done the math <laughs> I mean, on? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, eight episodes per day. I cannot imagine listening to us eight episodes per day, but if it would be like a full-time job basically, but <laughs> you, you could get through the archives in 11.6 weeks. So you would just wow. blaze right through. Hey, all um, you slackers. Why aren't you doing this? That's what I want to know. 
eight, just eight a day, just eight simple episodes of the mom hour per day. Um, and then I did one more, I, I framed this math one other way because I was thinking about a brand new pregnant mom who wants to listen, you know, get all caught up on motherhood before the baby's born. So if you were, if you found out you were pregnant and let's assume you were about six weeks along and you wanted to listen to the entire, uh, catalog by the time you had the baby, assuming a 40 week term, you would need to listen to about 15 episodes per week. So that's doable. Okay. That's doable. Oh, that's yeah. like a like a boot camp for a <laughs> That's like a long walk every day or like yeah, you know, like lots of laundry folding and dish yeah. doing and organizing your closets. I think yeah. that yeah, I like this. I think this is a great um goal. One of these <laughs> like goals. A, like a everyone. program. Some exactly. kind of program for everyone. <laughs> Yes. Okay. We're going to get back to quiz questions now. So glad you had that little rest. Um, We have a few multiple choice questions and they are involving our actual archives, our episodes. So first question here, which of the following episodes is not in our top 10 most popular? So I'm going to read you four choices. You can also see them in our outline, but I will read them for those following along at home. One of these is not in our top 10 most popular episodes by downloads. We Hate Fun, Mom Myths and Mom Truths, 10 Things We Love About Toddlers, or Home Management Systems That Work for Now. Okay, well, I know We Hate Fun has got to be in our top 10. Um, And I feel like 10 Things We Love About Toddlers is probably also in our top 10. So I'm going to say the one that's not is Mom Myths and Mom Truths. Not because I think it's the kind of episode that our moms really love, but I also know that our listeners go crazy for organization and management systems. So mm-hmm. like it's kind of a toss up between those two, but I think the home management system might have won just by the title. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go with Mom Myths and Mom Truths. Okay. You are incorrect, but your logic oh. is correct. And here's okay. <laughs> here's where we get into a little, just a reality of podcasting. Our older episodes are just never as popular by downloads oh, as yeah, the newer ones because, well, for a couple of reasons, they're too old to appear in the um, list of episodes in most people's apps anymore. So you have to work harder to go find them. We hate fun um, was an old, old episode. And then we redid it in episode 109 is the more current version. So it's not even like you can't even get it in your Apple anymore. I, I think we oh. hate fun was one of our most responded to episodes at the time, but yeah. in terms of how not, many people have listened, yeah. it is not in our top 10. So it's surprising. Sarah, it was a little that trick. Was a trick. That was a trick question. A little bit, but I will say now you have <laughs> that information going forward okay. that even yes. our most wildly popular older episodes just haven't been listened to as many times. Now, maybe everyone will go listen to We Hate Fun right now, and yeah, then it'll, it'll bump into the top 10. Um, okay, so next question. What is our most popular episode by downloads? You have four choices, and one of these is currently number one. Is it things we shouldn't have freaked out about as new moms? What's one more? The practical realities of three-plus kid families. Self-care as self-preservation. That's also the one where you announced your divorce. I'm just giving you that context. Um, okay. Or the life-changing magic of opting out. Whew. Okay. So I feel like the divorce one is too old to even be in there. So I'm just going to go ahead and ignore that one. And I'm that maybe that trick will come back to trick me again. But I'm going to... And even the um, things we shouldn't have freaked out about as new moms is older. Like, I don't feel like that one was... I don't know if I can ask any leading following up questions, but that was like more than a year old, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's quite old. Quite old. Uh, you'd probably okay. laugh. It's probably like five years old. That's I was well, like, yeah. I always forget which one came first. Like I know we've done that theme. Yeah, that is the first over and one. over. That's the that first was one. the okay. first one. Yeah, I'm gonna say. What's one more? Correct. Oh, the practical realities of three plus kid families. Yeah. So the reason I'm choosing that one is it's relatively new, and it's one of those topics like everybody always wants to know who has two kids if they should have another. Like it's just such an evergreen thing. So I I assume that one was very popular for that reason. It is. It and it has a little bit of a I don't think you call it clickbait when you're when it's podcasting, but it has kind of a snazzy title. Yeah. Um and you're right. That is it's like I didn't make this into a quiz question, but if we were going to talk about the thing we get asked the most, that is in it's in the That's top three. There. Should I yeah. have another kid? Or I have two kids and I'm thinking about a third. So and we're like, ah. I, I mean, yes, <laughs> yes. I guess. Question we have mark. Eight, we have eight kids between us. Um, we wouldn't send any of them back. So yeah, you are correct. That is, as of this recording, that is the most popular episode we've ever done. The practical realities Yay. of big families, bigger families. Um, and of course, we'll link to all of these in the show notes if you're curious. Um, I will say, so self-care is self-preservation, which was the one where you talked about getting a divorce. And then you talked about kind of like getting through really hard times with self-care. Um, was at the time a very, very highly downloaded episode. And I don't know. I don't know if people, if part of it is like there was like, I don't know, some interest in the big announcement or if it just struck a chord yeah. with people just being vulnerable and talking about something hard. But um, yeah, at the time that I think at the time, all of these were really popular. Things we shouldn't have freaked out about was also really popular. And so was the life changing magic of opting out. But they've been eclipsed. Yeah. It happens. Okay, this is a little different. Um, I wanted to look at the most popular episode by a different metric, and that is the number of people who clicked over to the show notes page. So you have to think about like why people might go to the show notes. In a lot of our episodes, you don't really need to. Like we're not, um, there's nothing there for you. Um, but I was curious. Don't do it. Just don't bother. <laughs> well, Stop wasting your time. <laughs> okay. I bet that the content is here in your ears. And we Got might it. have thrown a few links at you in the show right. notes. But like, right. so um, I was curious on our website, we also have analytics. And I wanted to see um, what is the what is the episode page that has the most visits. And I'm going to give you a hint that there's actually two answers. So I'm giving you four choices and two are correct because we have two different ways to measure this. So the options okay. are more than mom, the search for the perfect thing. That's a, that's all one episode where we talked about finding a perfect, you know, mm -hmm. objects, home and life products. We are loving. That was episode 246. Staying organized and motivated as a full-time working mom. That was the first time I interviewed Sarah Hart Unger. So it was January of 2020. Um, she came back this year. And then are you done having babies? Episode seven, a really old one. And so two, the two of these are uh, essentially they both win. So which two have had the most show notes visits? <sighs> okay. Um, I feel like there would have been a lot of reasons for people to go check out the one with Sarah Hart Unger. But then again, it's just one. It's really just one person to remember. I'm going to go with the perfect things episode. Okay. I just Good feel guess. like, was it, but not right, huh? Not correct. I would have thought so too, because we would have linked to a whole bunch a lot of, of stuff. And people wanted to check our stuff out so they could make their own recommendations. I remember that mm -hmm. being one where like a lot of people weighed in. Okay. So then was it Sarah Hart Unger? So yeah. So Sarah Hart Unger, and you know why? Because we put 
photos of her. She put photos, I think, of her planner. And people oh. love to look at like how people. And here's another theory I have. Um, links show up right in your podcast player app. Um, you don't have to click over to the show notes. But depending on how you listen to podcasts, photos do not always. So if we've said that we're going to put photos in the show notes, I think you do. A lot of people would have to click over to our website, depending on how you listen. Um, Whereas links come over into the description. So you don't actually have to go. So that one surprised me. But that makes sense. Why is she shared photos of her calendar and her to do list? And people love that. They love to see like, you know, not just like a stock photo, but the actual inside of her daily planner. So that was one. And um, the other metric I use, because we only started using Google Analytics more recently on our site, um, whereas WordPress can tell us more historically. So the other one is, are you done having babies? Episode seven has a ton of page views. And here's why. We offered, this is, you'll have no memory of this, I'm sure. We offered a free chapter of your ebook, Beyond Baby, for download. Oh my gosh. Okay. I funny? did not remember that. Yes. <laughs> no, didn't remember that. I actually sometimes forget I even wrote that book. So I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So there was a there was a free download and that that sent people over to the show notes. So I'm laughing because those I mean, I guess if if our goal was show notes page views, which that has not really been a big focus for us, but turns out having a free download or photos to look at um drives people drives people there. So love it. All right. Um, okay, here's a question that you're just there's no multiple choice. You're just gonna give me your best guess. When did we start doing more than mom episodes? Now you touched on this earlier and I didn't say much because some of the things you said were correct and some weren't. So we'll, we're going to dig into the, um, the, the birth of more than moms, but I just want your best guess at when did we start doing them? Okay. I am going to guess that it was early summer, 2018. Very good. You're, you're very good. It was actually February of 2018, but okay. I mean, you got the year right. So here's kind of what happened earlier in today's episode. You said when we started more than moms, they were not sponsored. And I, I double checked and that is incorrect. But is you it? are. OK, mm-hmm. because so two things, they, they were going to be shorter and they were only going to have one sponsor. I, this this plan is uh, I, I'm remembering okay. now. So they were going to be short, which that's like famous last words. We're never short at anything. Um, they were going to only have one sponsor instead of multiple and we were at the time, I think we were in high demand. We were selling out of our sponsor inventory, which prompted us to add, you know, a, a new type of mm-hmm. show um, to work with certain sponsors. And we were really um, like wanting them to line up and be like more than mom themed sponsors. Oh, and like beauty proved, and clothes. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. yes. okay, and that was a yep. good idea, but it, it proved a little difficult to execute the way that the way that our sales work and the way that sponsor uh, scheduling yeah. works and stuff. So it kind of fell by the wayside as did, as did, um, you know, keeping them short. I think we were going to do like 25 to 30 minute episodes. And, well, I, and I, I feel, feel like, like the first one, maybe we pulled that off. And then after that, they just, they were so fun. No. Yeah, totally. Yeah. They were just as long. Yeah. Huh. But what's interesting is we had been talking about, so I went back and looked and we had been talking about those types of topics like pop culture, entertainment, makeup, you know, beauty, we uh, started doing those in 2016 and we even kind of would refer to them as more than mom sort of conversationally, but we didn't break them out into their own separate Sunday thing until 2018. Uh, so um, okay. in our archives, you can, you can listen to 
older, you know, 2016 and 2017 episodes that are definitely not about motherhood and parenting. And we even start to sort of coin the more than mom phrase, but they ran on Tuesdays and they were numbered. So they just weren't their own thing um, until early 2018. So good. Good guess. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Last, last question before break is not a quiz. It's just your opinion. Um, and I know you do not like to pick favorites, but I'm going to make you do it anyway, or, or you can just nod and say something else. I'm, I can't control you. <laughs> so I, I can was, choose what I want. I was just wondering what is your favorite of the different sort of types of episodes we do? And I'm not actually talking about more than moms versus Tuesdays. These are all like Tuesday themes. Um, so like listener questions would be one. Um, a week of real life dinners is another thing we return to again and again. Uh, what's great about our eight is one where we return to talk about like what's actually going on with our eight kids. And then, you know, if there's another thing that comes to mind, like a type of episode, but, but within the Tuesday framework, because I know we love more than moms and they're kind of their own universe, but what's your favorite, I don't know, series is the wrong word, but the favorite well, I think type it's, of episode. It's like, yeah. a, it's a, re- it's a recurring, yeah, yes. it's not a series, but it's like a recurring type. Um. I'm just going to go with the, choose from the three that you offered. And I actually think it's a real, a week of real life dinners for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, I just think it's really fun to get a snapshot of what other people are eating for a week. Mm -hmm. So for me, there's like something satisfying about doing that. And I actually find it very motivating to track it. And I don't change anything about the way I eat. Like we know we're going to do that when when we're coming up to a week and it's not like that's the week I decide I'm really going to go for broke right, and have right. some amazing meal plan this week. It's it's pretty real, but I just, I do find it very motivating to track it. Kind of like, like if you track everything you eat for a few days, it's just, it's just interesting data yes. to have. And there's something really satisfying about looking back at a week and being like, wow, like I fed my family all week yeah. long. Maybe one week, you know, maybe one night it was kind of like not my best effort, but I did it and here's what I ate. And then I also find that there's a little long tail, um, boost from that. Like mm-hmm. I try a little harder for the following few weeks as well. So there's like a little, there's just like a little benefit. Um, and they're easy to do because all we do is talk about what we ate. So that yep. for all of those reasons, it's, it's hard to choose. Cause I really, I really like the other kinds as well, but that one's just one of my favorites. I agree. And we're due to do it again. We haven't done it in about a year. Um, and okay. I think wow. we've done it about three or four times total. Um, so it's not of, of the ones I listed, it's probably the least recurring, but we're, we're due to do another one soon. And, um, we usually make Kelsey our, our sponsorship coordinator and who helps us with other things. We, we ask her to keep us accountable for tracking the meals because the way it works is if we're going to record an episode and talk about what we ate for a whole week, then the tracking has to be kind of like a week prior. So it feels Mm -hmm. far out. It feels like, okay, we're tracking this week, but we're going to talk about it next week. And you won't remember. So you really do have to write it down. So usually Kelsey messages us in Slack, like, what'd you guys have for dinner? And we're like, oh, we're kind of like, right. I don't know. At the time, it feels like nothing. We just like ate warmed up leftovers, like, right. you know, but she writes it down. And then when we go to talk about it, yes, you're right. It kind of creates more uh, a picture of that whole week, even if it doesn't feel remarkable at the time. So I love that. And, and also there has been several times when we've done that, where we've decided on it like a week in advance or whatever. We, we put it in the calendar. And so I kind of know it's coming, but I'm not really because I know Kelsey's going to do that for us. I'm not thinking that hard about it. Right. And then it turns out it's like in my mind, the worst possible week. Like yeah. it's the week. It's the weird week or it's like the week yeah. I forgot there was we like always a try and of get like out of it. Food. We're like, oh, right, we shouldn't do it this week because so and so's out of town or. But that's kind of the point right. is like no week is normal. 
Right, exactly. And there's been several times that I've gotten like a bot, like a sponsor shipment of like frozen fish or like a, you know, like a food box of some sort that I forgot was coming. And then I'm like, oh man, do I work this in somehow? And like, it just, it's, but in the end it turns out totally not normal, normal, which I guess is is normal, right? Like there's no such thing as a normal week. We all deal with things where we overbuy, we underbuy, someone's got some practice, you have to go somewhere. Um, I just like how real it is. It really is I agree. real life. I agree. Yeah. We had a, um, I think it was in Instagram. Someone suggested recently that we bring in other, um, other people's meal plans, like somehow crowdsource meal plans. And oh. I think that would be really fun. So we'll think about be. that just to like broaden so that it's not just you and me or you, me and Kelsey. We've, we've looped Kelsey in a couple of times. So yeah, you guys want to hear about my chili again? Yeah. <laughs> The pork, the pork sweet potato hash, <laughs> the pork and chili. I made that last week. I'm going to make the, the pork this week. Yeah. So, yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, we're going to take a break and um, come back for more fun after this. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip on Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip on Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, we're back. And Megan, my next couple of questions um, are centered around our community and specifically in our Facebook group, because that is where I had the most information. So we're going to talk about names and the names of the moms in our community. And I'm going to tell you that in our Facebook group, which has a couple of thousand, couple thousand members in our Facebook group, 
There are more Sarahs than Megans. And I did this analysis myself and I spelled Sarah either way. And I spelled Megan all the ways, all the the possible ways, ways, all the ways. So there are more Megans. I mean, sorry, excuse me. There are more Sarahs than Megans in the Facebook group. And I want you to tell me, is it a ratio of two to one Sarahs to Megans, three to one or five to one? This is hard because I'm Megan blind. Like Megan is one of those names that (laughs) I don't. It's like it doesn't register to me. I really don't ever notice when there's lots of or none. I, it's weird. Like, it's like if you're weird. a Megan, you might as well not even have a name. But but you're also my name. It's like you're me. So let me think about this for a second. I bet it's significant because Megan just had that little burst of popularity, like in the mid 80s. But it was really fast. It was like one or two years and I have never known a lot of Megan's my age, maybe one per year. I've always known more Sarah's. I'm going to say it's three to one. It is actually two to one and it's not even two to one. So there are not really? quite double. There are 65 Sarah's in our 64, 64 Sarah's in our Facebook group and 35 Megan's. There are 35 Megan's in our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. That surprises me. Maybe I just think they're all the same, Megan. That's true. Or they're, or you're blind they're to them. They, yeah. <laughs> they mean nothing to you. They Sorry, Megan. Because they are me. They like, they all live inside me. Oh, that's so funny. Okay. Well, I am definitely going to pay more attention to Megan's now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a little behind the scenes. I thought it would be really easy to just like export a list of our Facebook group members and like, look at it in like a spreadsheet and kind of like alphabetize them and just eyeball this. No, it was not. Facebook doesn't let you do that. So I have another question about common names or popular okay. names. But all of this was a very, um, a very, what, what am I trying to say? Like, a, I had to DIY this analysis myself okay. by like right. searching. And so, yeah, it was kind of funny. Okay. So there are a few names in our Facebook group that are even more common than Sarah, which is surprising because Sarah is really always right up there at the top of the list. So which one is not? Which one of these is not more common than Sarah? It's less common. Katie, Caitlin, Catherine. I grouped all those together. So all the Kate, Katie's, Caitlin's, and variants on Catherine all grouped together. Jen and Jennifer, Jenny, all all those variants variants? grouped together. Mm -hmm. And then here's something controversial. I grouped Kristen's, Kirsten's, and also Christine's, Christie's. No. No, you don't think I should group no, those together? No, and I honestly also wouldn't put Catherine's with Katie's and Kate's. And Caitlin's. Okay. Because then you have to go Kathleen, Kathy. I mean, that that opens up so, like, such That's a big... too many more. Like, okay. I feel like Katie, Kate, and Caitlin go together, and Kathy, Catherine, Kathleen are a separate entity. And I would never put Christine or Christy with the with Kristen Kirsten. So does that okay. ruin your whole question? Cause I think it's Jen well, anyway, it, <laughs> but it does <laughs> Jen is the one that there are not as many Jen's and Jennifer's as Sarah. Okay. So it's not more common. Right. But I feel like that's maybe because of the, how, how aggressive you are with the groupings. I think you're right. So if you break out the, I actually did write down, if you separate the Christine's C H R and, and the Christie's and that from the, Kristen and Kirsten and Kirsten, they're about 30 to 35 each. So they combine to be the Sarah's at 65, but you're right. They are less. And then with the Katie, Caitlin, Catherine, Kathleen, I stopped keeping track of separate, but yes, if you, if you separated them out, they would not beat Sarah's. So Sarah is 
really the most popular name in our group by a lot. And Sarah with an H is probably more popular than Sarah's without an H, I'm guessing. Um, I don't know. I would have to look that up. I combined them. Those can be combined. So can Jen's and Jennifer's. There oh, yeah, are 51 yeah. Jen and Jennifer's though. So that's, that's, I mean, I guess that's a good second. Can you think of any other, um, name that would be as popular? Heather. Okay. Let's do this in real time. Heather. We have, oh, I had to count them by, I had to count them, um, manually too. Um, five, 10, I'm going to say there's about 20 Heathers. So that's a good one. How about what else? Melissa? Oh, that's a, oh, I think I did that one and just, it didn't make it into my question. Melissa, there are 22. Yeah. So significant. Oh, and not... 21 Heather. Yeah. Okay. I did write some of these down. Um, Elizabeth and Liz's, there are 23. Okay. Um, Kim, there are 13. That leads me to another question though. What is the most unusual spelling of Megan and Sarah? Like, was there any S-E-R-A's or like something truly unusual? Um, I didn't search that. Um, there are. So I, I just searched Sarah and Sarah because those are so dominant. Right. I, I yeah. guess there could be. Um, but with Megan's, there were there are two M-E-A-G-H-A-N. So okay. like your spelling, but with the H, there are no other spellings like you. Except okay. there are two of you in the group because you have a weird, um, like, a, like a, a alter alternate ego. identity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there are two of you. And then there are, oops, there are a lot of M-E-G-A-N. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't, I thought there was one. Oh, there is an M-E-G-H-A-N-N. So that's a little different. There's two of those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. An assortment of Megan. Sure are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm switching gears into more open-ended questions. Still focused on our community and, I don't know, just the relationship we have with our listeners over these 300 episodes. So I wanted to know, Megan, what is your favorite kind of feedback to get from listeners? And be specific. It could be a type of thing that people say or, like, just a type of email, a type of review. Um, I mean, we're, this is like love languages almost again. Well, right. Okay. So one of the ones that um, that has been a theme this last year, in particular, like the last three to six months, I would say, is just how much of a comfort the show has been to people mm-hmm. and how good it makes them feel or how like how how seen and comforted they feel by the show. So like I always love make I love knowing that we help other moms feel good. And that, Mm -hmm. that kind of feedback, um, means a lot. Like I really love getting those, those emails. And sometimes they're, sometimes they really like make my entire day into the next day. They're so, they're just so heartfelt. And like, um, it's not flattery. I don't like care. I I mean, I like that we do a good, I think we do a good job with the show, but I would rather know that like someone came away feeling really good after listening to it. So that makes me feel good. How about you? I love that. Well, that is a very Enneagram two response, right? Because (laughs) you have helped someone and you feel seen for being the helper. So I love that. Um, And I'm sure I think my answer is also very me. I mean, I love hearing that as well. But the things that stick out for me is I love when people um, either acknowledge, like acknowledge the work that goes into making a good show, coming up with topics, especially as time goes on, 300 episodes, 466 episodes in, um, when people actually like, you know, compliment us for having good ideas and coming up with 
new ways to present, you know, the same motherhood experience week after week. I always, I take that compliment. It feels good because we do work really, really hard on coming up with content ideas. Yeah. Um, so I love that. I, I really like when people share like a specific time that they thought of us or like, you know, I went to potty train my kid and I remembered this one time that Megan said, blah, blah, blah. Like when they reference back to something we said, especially if it's like an older episode and it's, it's just very flattering to know that people have taken our just random things we say on this show and like carry it forward yeah, with them. Agreed. So when they have a specific story like that, that is always flattering. But of course, like all of it feels good. It's all words of affirmation. And and we really do love all of your emails and the nice reviews and all of that. But I thought that would be fun to kind of dig in. And I'm not surprised that it kind of reflects our personalities. Yeah. Love it. So on the flip side, oh. what is your... <laughs> What is your least favorite kind of criticism that we receive? And it could be the method of receiving it, like a bad iTunes review or like a passive aggressive comment, or it could also be just what type of criticism. And I can go first on this one. Um, Actually, bad iTunes reviews, or I should say Apple podcasts, bad reviews don't bother me when they clearly come from someone where it's like, this is not the show for you and and you are not the listener for us. And we do get those where it's like, okay, you took the time to go write a bad review, but like, it's clear that like, we're just not meant for each other. Like there is another podcast for you out there and we are not it. So I don't actually take those. I mean, we both take them a little personally. It never feels good to see those pop up, but I'm able to kind of let those go pretty easily. Remember recently someone said, I think it was in an iTunes review that we talk about Amazon too much and that we're obviously very politically conservative. And we were like, <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, <laughs> it's not even really criticism, but it, it was just, just funny. Like, we were like, okay, w- weird. Okay. okay. Well, <laughs> I don't think we're, I don't think you're really listening to our show. Maybe you listened once right. and I'm not sure. I'm not sure that you have the right idea about us, but Anyway, so the iTunes reviews don't bother me usually, um, but sometimes I get a little annoyed when people email us to be like, have you ever done an episode about potty training? And it's like something that they could search our site so easily and find. That is a, that is not a criticism, but it's a listener behavior that sometimes I'm, I want to be like, let me Google that for you. It's right here. Um, now, I will say, I will say that there are lots of times when we get questions like that that are not what I'm talking about. They're, they're much more nuanced and it's like, Hey, have you guys ever thought about this? Or I'm happy to answer questions or point people in the right direction. Um, but I think it's just a content creator thing where it's like, we've put out this content for you. Like you could do a web search before emailing us. I don't know. (laughs) You know, Sarah, it's just so, it's so very Enneagram one of you because you want, you did the work. And you're like, yeah, did you not recognize that I already did this for you? This is already solved. We've already done this. And it's like, I just think it's so funny because for me, I'm like, oh, that person just really wants to say hi to us. And this is how they're doing it. And so it totally right. doesn't, yeah, it doesn't bother but you it, at it's, all. It's like, I know, but like, it's, it's just different personalities, like different things, bug differently personality yes. people. Yeah. yeah. And you and I are definitely bugged differently by different things. The one other thing I will say, and then I feel like I'm being mean, so we got to move on to you, but, um, Sometimes people will ask us to do an episode about something that is so specific that it feels like they don't realize like this is um, we are not an expert show. Like we don't bring on a series of interviews every week where we can really dive into specific situations. And we're only two people with two sets of experiences. So they'll be like, hey, I love your show. 
can you do it? Can you talk about like raising a child with dyslexia while your husband is cheating on you and like your dishwasher is also broken? Like it'll be so <laughs> specific. And it's like, well, no, we we can't because this is a show where we talk about our own lives, right. like our own yeah. experiences. So we really can't speak to that. And and then, you know, of course, we try to bring on different different um, voices, interviews, and we try to represent different experiences. But there are some times when it's like almost people forget, like we're just people with lives like we can't manufacture experience that we don't have. Yeah. Well, and again, that's a content creator thing, right? Because like we're, we have that hat on all the time. Like, how would this be something that would um, help a big number of our listeners? Right. And be of interest to them. And like we even if we did have an ability to talk about raising a child with dyslexia while our husbands were cheating on us and our dishwashers <laughs> were broken, which sounds awful. And maybe that could be a listener question. But um, and we would just be like, good luck. That sounds awful. But I think that it's the it's trying to take something so granular and specific and then turn it into something helpful and general enough that is just for a content creators really challenging. But if you're a listener, again, it's like, you know, they really like the people I think really just want to reach out and tell us that they have this really crappy situation, this really challenging situation. Yes. And um, I just tend to look at it like, oh, OK, like no obligation on our part to actually do that. They just need to let us right. know that that is what they've got right. going on. And it's a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. But that, I mean, I don't think you don't sound mean. You just sound like someone who puts a lot of thought into content. Right. Like like the fact that you've already thought it through. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yes. Yes. OK. So what about you? What's your least favorite type of comment or criticism or I, I don't perceived criticism, I guess, yeah. to receive? Well, I think that um, and I think this is something about you and I both, Sarah, but maybe more me than you is I really don't like feeling misunderstood. That's like a big that's part mm -hmm. of the reason my writing style is the way it is overly long and overly explanatory sometimes. But I just really like people to know that, like, I'm not judging them. I, I don't think things like I don't want people to make assumptions about the way I feel about things. And so mm -hmm. when we get a review and it's just obvious to me that I was misunderstood in some way, that really bugs me. Like um, when there's an assumption made about my intent or like what I think or, you know, so like that's one that doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it bugs. And then the mm -hmm. other one, and this is tends to be more on social. Um, it really doesn't happen that I can think of in a, in like a uh, podcast review, like on the apps or whatever. Yeah. But it would be when like, and this again has only happened a real small handful of times, but when like one of us maybe made a flub or something came out that wasn't like super politically correct or something we just didn't know, like our intentions were good, but we missed the boat somehow or missed mm -hmm. the mark. And then one thing I find like probably more, I don't know, hurtful than anything else is when then there's a comment where people refer to us as they, as if we're not sitting oh. there watching <laughs> the conversation happen. And I remember one in particular, and I won't, won't go into what it was, but um, someone said something, like someone called us out in a comment and then someone else said, they make me cringe all the time or something. And I was like, hello, like we're, we're the, this is our Instagram. It's not yeah. they, it's you. Yeah. Like you're speaking to us but you're speaking about us in front of us. And it was just very strange and like unsettling and weird. And I think people do sometimes forget that we are real people and that we don't, you know, we're, 
we're talking into a mic. We don't, we're not aware of every single thing we say. And we do make changes. If people will say like, definitely, you know, like I know one thing that we used to do a lot and we worked really hard not to do this is to say, you guys, like we were always, you guys, you guys. And we got a couple comments that they, people found that annoying and we worked really hard to clean that up. Did we ever say it? Probably. But I know that that's something that we both tried not to do as much. And there's been other examples yeah. um, of things people find bothersome or offensive or, you know, just not current, like not mm-hmm. in line with current um, ways of thinking about things. And so we're mindful of that, but we're not perfect. And so to be talked about in front of us, like mm-hmm. we're not in the room, I just find, and to not give us any grace whatsoever, like it just, it's hurtful to me. So that yeah. happens so rarely that it's not even really it's not like a common thing at all. It's very rare. But when it does happen, that makes it feel even more stabby because it's so uncommon. And our mm-hmm. listeners tend to be so gracious that I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, and, and all of this, like all of I, I thought this would be an interesting question to tackle. And I'm glad we did. But all of it should be clear that it's the vast minority of oh, conversations absolutely. that we yes. have with people and the feedback that we get. Um, I just thought people might find it funny to peek behind the curtain. And because if you've ever emailed us or you know, if you interact with us, you don't see the volume of other feedback that we get. And I can tell you it is so overwhelmingly positive and gracious and smart. Like our listeners are just, they are, um, yeah, they're just generous of heart. What's the, they're magnanimous of spirit. Like they, they really do just, we, it's very rare that we feel misunderstood or feel criticized. So I thought it would be kind of a a fun little rabbit hole. Well, it just made me want to cry, Sarah. So thanks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, well then let's make it happy. Okay. Um, can you just talk generally about your experience over the years having this relationship with listeners out there that, you know, you can't see these people. They can't really talk back to you except in the ways we've just been over. Um, but yet at the same time, they start to feel like friends over the years. Yeah. And we can both just share share our thoughts. You go first and feel free. You know, you came at it from professional blogging where you also built relationships with blog readers and commenters. So I'm sure there's some interesting comparisons there too. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go back even a step before blogging to back to my forum days. Like my early internet experience was like old school internet forums and chat rooms. And it was very personal and kind of anonymously, but very like everyone had a weird um, handle that wasn't their real name, but you would still have like deep relationships with people whose real name you didn't necessarily even know, which is sometimes mm-hmm. just, I don't know, it's, it's very different. And then I moved into blogging and blogging at first, like when I was doing it in the mid two thousands, the mid aughts, um, was lots of commenting, very personal, like a lot of relationship building. And then things started to kind of shift away from that as social got more, um, kind of started taking up more of the, of the attention, I guess, or the energy behind that. Most of that conversation shifted to social. So I really didn't know what to expect when I started podcasting, because I thought, well, this is going to feel like writing for a magazine or something. It's going to be us putting our thoughts out there. Right. And we're not going to get any feedback and we're not really going to know. And the only way to know is going to be to like, I don't know, try to also find people on social or just guess. And I have been amazed by how much email and how much interaction we actually do get. I mean, I really am. I have been surprised. Very pleasantly yeah. surprised. It's better than it was in blogging. I would say it's sometimes better than it was in blogging, even in the best days of blogging. Be, even yeah. when comments were a thing and people would leave long, you know, thoughtful comments. Now I feel like that's shifted to um, to our Facebook group and community, uh, our email mm-hmm. box, and to some degree, Instagram. 
and it really is there and it, it feels really good. So I don't know, yeah. like it's not, I, I worried it would be, it would feel very one-sided, but it doesn't. And it feels personal in a way that even blogging never really did. So, yeah, yeah. no, I, I totally agree. I'm always, um, very touched when people who have listened from the beginning or, or, you know, call it the beginning, this is six years now. So even if it's three or four years who've listened for a long time, keep listening. And I'm always yeah. like, Oh man, like we're still relevant to you. I love the new super fans too. Like yeah. I love the n- people who find us and binge listen and get really excited. But then I'm always like, it's almost like I'm surprised when the people keep showing up year after year. And you know, if you're listening to this, you know who you are. And um, in case you've ever wondered if like we get tired of, you know, you're, you're always supportive. You always comment on every Instagram post or you, you shoot us an email after every newsletter. And those are the names where it's like, oh, like she's still here. Like we're we're not, she's not bored of us yet. So that's a very humbling part of the relationship to me. And there are, you know, a small handful of people like that, that I have like now followed or connected with from my personal Instagram and, and feel like I kind of know their kids or know what their family looks like. And I do think, you know, social media comes with pros and cons and Facebook especially is not my favorite entity at all. I have more, way more gripes with Facebook than I do positive things to say. But, you know, we waited a long time to start that Facebook group because we don't like Facebook very much. And we don't, we don't want to spend a bunch of time on it. And we worried about having to moderate like mommy fights about breastfeeding. And right, like, we just, yeah. we, we really held off for years on doing something like that. And I think we've both publicly said like, thank goodness for that space, because that is the, the one place where you can, um, kind of in real time, see and talk to listeners and they, and we're just, we're just two regular people in the group. Like it's unlike you were saying, like when people feel like they're talking about us and we're not there, um, there we're there with everybody in the group. And so I'm super grateful for that, even though we were just very, we were very tentative about building a community like that. And then, yeah, Instagram is a little harder because, um, well, for, for a few reasons, it doesn't feel quite as immediate as where in Facebook, you can have a threaded conversation. So someone else can post a question asking for advice and then we'll all chat about it in the comments. And that's so nice. Instagram is still like, us as the brand and people commenting and it's a little more removed, but we've still made some great, you know, connections there. And then, like I said, people coming over where I feel like if they follow us personally, then we almost start to build a little bit more of a personal, but still online relationship, I guess. So yeah, it all feels good. Well, this has been really, really fun. (laughs) I had no idea what was coming at me. As you know, I didn't look, I didn't even scroll down and read the outline before we started. So truly, (laughs) I know that I came close in some of my guesses, which I'm surprised about because sometimes I feel like I'm a little clueless about some of these things, but you set me up well to not have a total flop, Sarah. So thank you for that. Um, Yeah. And I just, I think I'm just feeling really grateful for our community who's been with us for all of these 300 plus 100 and 63 episodes or whatever it was 300 yeah 300 plus 466 okay so 166 and 300 together um but we just were happy to celebrate with all of you not you guys all of you people and <laughs> i don't know i'm just excited to see what comes next yeah me too i agree thanks for um just being with us in this little fun behind the scenes and taking a pause to celebrate and of course you know we're not going to stop doing helpful, encouraging mom content. That's what we do. But I think it is, it's always 
worth a pause to kind of reflect. And so hopefully this was fun for those of you listening as well. Um, in the show notes, which you may or may not visit, as we know from the <laughs> analytics, um, I will link up some of our the episodes we talked about that are really popular, especially the ones you can't find in your app anymore, because you can only you can listen to everything on our website. So even the ones that don't show up because Spotify and Apple and all those, they limit the feed to 300 and which is kind of funny. So if it were only Tuesdays, we would have filled the feed. But since we have those others, um, there are 166 older episodes you can only listen to on our site. So also throw some links in the show notes so you can check out those. We hate fun and things we shouldn't have freaked out about and some of those classic oldies. Um, and then if you feel like helping us out or saying thank you, we would love a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Um, just every time you share on social and tag us, we see that. We love it. Telling a friend about the show. It, it, those those things are so maybe they sound obvious and every podcast you listen to asks for those things. And we all feel sheepish and tired of asking after a while. But I will tell you, they they never get old. And every single little drop in the bucket, it, it helps. And it also, you know, we, we see it and we notice it. So we really appreciate it. You know, no matter how long we do this or how much we've grown, we, we appreciate that. So, all right, Megan, this was fun. We'll be back with everybody soon and we'll talk to you then. Talk to you then. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. 